0: God, we ask that you bless your word right now. And uh, thank you, God, for that declaration, God, even though we're singing it. Lord, you're declaring it to us that we are children of God in you, Jesus. And as we come before you, as we run to the Father, we ask, God, that you would speak to us through your word tonight, that you would encourage us, empower us, and help us to be transformed by the power of your word, Lord. And we ask for your spirit's anointing on your word right now. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Over ten years ago, this minister and radio host named Harold Camping, you might have heard about him, uh, he gained fame when he predicted the end of the world would come on May twenty-first, twenty eleven. I remember it was a big thing; it was in the news. His group, his ministry, did a lot of public advertising uh, through the radio. Their radio station. He actually had his own like radio program, and he even put up like notices on. I didn't know this twenty thousand billboards worldwide. Kind of crazy, but he was saying the end of the world, May twenty-first, twenty eleven. Now he claimed that. It would be exactly that date, 7,000 years after Noah's flood, and that's when Judgment Day would become. And it would begin on May 21st, 2011 at 6 o'clock p.m. with several months of calamity, he said. And then on October 21st, 2011, the whole planet would be destroyed in the judgment of God. Well, did his prediction come true? No. No. Because we're still here, right? (laughs) We're still here. No, it it didn't come true. And really, some of his doctrine and things that he pushed, um, some even say he's a false teacher. Uh, And this prediction didn't come true. And Did you know he had two other predictions? That in uh, 2011 was the last one, but during that, um, uh, he also said that Jesus would return in 1988 and then again in 1994. So, kind of crazy, the third one, yeah. Anyway, well, because this was so much public news, and it really came up because that was the same year the Mayan calendar was going to end on December, whatever that day was, 31st something, you know, and the world was going to end, right? Well, he was getting his prediction in before that. Well, because of how public it was in the news of this, la- his last prediction, uh, during the time there were many comments made on the internet before May, 21st of that year. Like someone wrote, My husband just informed me judgment day is this Saturday. So great. Another thing I have to fit into my schedule. <laughs> or someone joked, Saturday, May 21st, forecast, do me with a chance of rapture. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, 0% chance. Or I like this one with all 52111 end of the world talk, why am I on a diet? <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Well, we should know by now that no one can predict exactly when the end of the world will be. Nobody can. If they say they know the date, they're wrong. You know why? Because Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, the first part, he said, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Nobody knows. No one knows exactly when that is. We don't know exactly, but we can know the signs that are going to be given before this end comes. Before the end of the world comes, as we know it, and that end of the world, what we're talking about here in our chapter is really when Jesus Christ returns to set up his kingdom on the earth. So tonight we return now to Luke chapter 21, where Jesus is giving the disciples now, what those signs are before he returns. Now, we've been studying through this gospel, through the book of Luke, Luke, and now we're here in chapter 21, and we are at the place of what is called the Olivet Discourse. Remember, he gave this teaching, these signs when they're on the Mount of Olives looking toward Jerusalem. So, uh, the parallel passages are in in Matthew uh, 24, I think it was Mark uh, 13, but... Here, we're in Luke 21, and this is the place of of signs that he's he's talking about. And so, today, tonight, we continue with the signs before the end. That's the title of our message I started out with last week, and this is part two now. We're going to continue on in this chapter, and we're going to be covering verses 11 through 19 of Luke 21. Now, we're going to do this in three parts. Um, So, this is part two, and... Uh, You know, it's kind of funny to me because we're in Revelation 21 and Luke 21. I don't know, they've been kind of together and now we're doing like end time events and, and we're in Revelation already in heaven now. But anyway, the signs before the end, before when Jesus comes back, part two, Luke 21, 11 through 19. Now, last time we saw Three things: we saw the collapse of the temple system, we saw the crowd of false messiahs, and the conflicts between nations. If you're here with this, if you caught this on, online, uh, that we covered the that first section here of Luke 21 from verse 5 in those three headings. And remember, he predicted the collapse of the temple system, that the religious way of life the Jewish religious life would end with the temple which happened in 70 AD just as he predicted then he predicted that there'll be a a crowd of false messiahs a lot of messiahs will come and say I'm the Christ I've returned but Jesus saying don't listen to them don't follow them that's not how it's going to happen basically and the third thing we saw last week was the conflicts between nations he said you're going to hear about wars and rumors of wars and there's going to be conflicts but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen just yeah. And we talked about throughout history, there's been a lot of world wars. Well, we're going to continue, we're continue on tonight with two headings in our passage, and it continues on my C alliteration. And so number four in this part two of the signs before the end is the calamity all over the world. And number five is the crushing persecution of believers. And those are the two things we're going to see as signs of Christ's coming. Now, overall, we're going to end up with eight headings in this section. And so we'll get the next three next week. But for tonight, uh, we're going to be covering these two. And so number four, and the first heading we're going to cover tonight, is the calamity all over the world. The calamity all over the world. And in this section we're just going to cover verse 11, verse 11. So, let's get into our passage right now. Luke chapter 21, verse 11. It says here, "Then or excuse, excuse me, there will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven." All right, let's stop right there. Now, we begin here with Jesus continuing on, right? How there will be all kinds of calamities that will affect various places. So in other words, it's going to affect the world, all different places in the world, not just localized, but you're going to see things happening all over. And all of these things, basically what he's coming into, and we're coming into the middle of his talk to the disciples, but all these things are signs that the end is coming. Now, Remember, this conversation started out with the disciples admiring the temples. And, and Jesus told them, look, it's going to be destroyed. And it was in 70 A.D. Yet, the, we have to understand, when the disciples heard from Jesus that the temple is going to be destroyed, they were they got excited because in their eschatology, in the way they look at end times or the the, the coming of God's kingdom, if you remember, we talked about that last week, that... For them, oh that that if Jesus says the temple's gonna be destroyed, that means the kingdom's gonna come right now. Yeah. That it, if he's saying, Oh, that's when the kingdom comes, and that's what they believed that the new kingdom would come with the new Jerusalem and a new temple. So they got excited and they equated Jesus' talk as a coming kingdom was oh the Messiah's gonna set it up, and here's Jesus, it must be really soon. Yeah. So they asked in verse seven, you remember. When will this happen, Jesus? And what are the signs of your coming? When you're going to set up this kingdom? Well, as we saw last week, Jesus answers their question. But he doesn't say when. He's going to be talking about that later, and we'll cover that next week. But he gets into what are the signs. He talks about what first. What are the signs? that they're going to see before he returns and sets up his kingdom. And then later he'll he'll do the wind. So for now what we're looking at and what we saw last week and as we continue today tonight Jesus is giving the signs, if you remember, the indicators that that show the you know, what are those signs that the end is right there it's coming, all right? Now in a parallel passage, and I, and I want to interject this so that it'll help you understand the, the verses we're going to be seeing tonight. In a parallel passage, um, like in Matthew, Mark has it too, but but right at this point now, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 8, all these are but the beginnings of the birth pains. All right? So when, when we come into what we're looking at, Today and even the the rest of the section is all of it discourse. These things are the labor pains. These signs, they're indicators that the end is coming. They they and and it really talks about just like labor pains start out these contractions right and then they they, they increase right in frequency and in intensity as the day approaches to give birth. Well, that's what he's saying that. All these signs, these things, they will increase in frequency and intensity as that day approaches for his coming. For when the end, the end of the world, is when Jesus returns, the end of the world as we know. So, Jesus, understand that, Jesus saying, okay, you know, these are like birth pains, yeah? These are like labor pains. So, keep that in mind, As we get into this verse now and the rest of this passage. Okay, so Jesus in verse 11 is going to give us four calamities that will affect the world. and increase as the time of the end draws near. And so the first thing we see here, number one, the increase in big earthquakes around the world. That's the first thing we see here. So in verse 11, there will be great earthquakes he says. Big shaking's going to be going on from the Earth's crust shifting and moving. We know how earthquakes work. So, as the world heads toward the end, it will experience more and more quakes. That's the idea here. That, that's the understanding here in, in what he's saying. One article from, the, from NBC News online said worldwide surge in great earthquakes seen in the past 10 years. So they are reporting and saying that great earthquakes actually have tripled over the past decade. So we kind of see that, right, in the reports and all that. There has been seemingly some more earthquakes and things going on. In a recent USGS article, a United States Geological Survey article, um, they talked of how quakes in the and think about this in the central U.S. I don't know if you've been seeing this in the news. Have increased dramatically over the past decade. There's, they're saying there's a lot going on there. Uh, Portugal, there's a island in there off uh, Spain um, that is um, experiencing like 14,000 earthquakes in one day, and so there's a volcano there and everything too. So um, there's things going on. You know, there's rumblings and there's even more volcanic activity, and so we from here on, could be seen more and more quakes and volcanic activity and it's leading up to the tribulation time when what we study in the book of Revelation there's going to be a lot of things going on, calamities going on during that time. So you can see this increase, this the labor pains, you know, happening and increasing in frequency as signs of what's coming down the road. As the planet though, and I want to, Put this out as we're thinking about this and reading this. As the planet begins to shake up more and more, you know what? No matter what you and I may experience in that shaking, you know, because it's a little bit scary when everything's shaking, right? Or, you know, um, or we're getting an earthquake from the volcano and a big island and everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's that? You know, kind of, you know, one time it was more like a jerk, you know, and a ho uh But anyway, know this that God is still sovereign. Yeah. That no matter the shaking and everything, God is still sovereign, he's still in control. We're gonna be okay. We're you know, God, God is here, God is isn't like, oh no, earthquake, you know. No, he's still sovereignly in control. And you know what I was thinking about this. And whatever shake ups maybe are happening in your life, it's the same thing. God is still in control no matter what. Alright, so first thing Jesus puts out here as a sign is the increase in big earthquakes around the world. Then number two is this, the increase in famines around the world. So the next thing we see here in Luke 20 and verse 11, it says there will be great earthquakes. Or, I'm sorry, the next thing is, and in various places Famines. So Jesus says now in various places in different parts of the world will be famines. Now famines, we know where food will be scarce, people will go hungry, there's not a lot of food to go around. So as the world heads toward the end, times of famine will increase more and more. You know what's interesting, last year the United Nations put out this, that Um, the headline was this famine knocking at the door of 41 million worldwide. The world food program, which is an agency of the UN said 41 million people in 43 countries are teetering on the very edge of famine. 584,000 people are already experiencing famine like conditions in Ethiopia, Madagascar, South Sudan, and Yemen. these people are already experiencing these 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 um, conditions, and they're saying that it, that we're on this edge of even more happening around the world. Interesting, yeah. I mean, praise the Lord, God blessed us, you know, and we we live in a country in a place that we have food, you know, and and we and maybe too much food sometimes, but there's things happening around the world. And we know it's only going to get worse because as we studied in Revelation with the seven seals, if you remember, yeah, in Revelation 6, that it will get worse and many will die from famine. We we read that in Revelation chapter 6 and studied that. You know, I think there's another uh, type of famine going on that will happen as we head toward the end. And I think it's something that even Paul prophesied or. Sort or of, prophesied in First Thessalonians, some believe what, that he was talking about this, is that there's a famine for the word of God. Yeah? That people aren't hungry for the word like before. And and it's like the enemy of our soul has distracted so many people, even Christians, for other things. Uh, and, and even the enemy will, will get people to go after junk food rather than the meat of the word of God. I mean, focus on on other things or focus on the fluff you know or entertainment uh, someone you know giving the word more entertaining wise or or focusing on things that not really matters you know um, and not solely on learning the word of God I think that's an indicator of what we're coming to. And we saw that even when we studied the, the churches, the letters to the churches. We saw we saw how it faded faded into the church of Laodicea that, that was totally lukewarm. And I some look at the churches as the periods of church history. And the last one is that one, Laodicea, the lukewarm church. So it could be that. So though, praise the Lord, we're not in a famine, there is a famine going on in the world. Let's remember the word is our our food that nourishes our soul. And be careful during this time because the enemy really wants to keep you from the word of God and nourish your soul. All right. So there's an increase in big earthquakes around the world. The increase in famines around the world. And number three we see here is the increase in contagions around the world. The increase in contagion. So so in various places now, in verse 11, Jesus adds, and pestilences, right? Worldwide diseases, sickness, or a virus. And we know about that, right? We're experiencing that. We, we're living through that right now. We've lived through it this past two years, this pandemic. So as the world heads toward the end, world pandemics will increase more and more. I know that's not comforting because we're just, you know, I want to get over this stuff. Yeah, praise the Lord. Like tonight, start Sunday. Yeah, no more mass. No, no need. Yeah, um, the state finally eased its restrictions and all. You know what? I saw in the news uh, the other day how the flu, uh, the flu is actually flu cases are rising in this out of season time, and doctors are saying, well, maybe it's because we're not wearing the masks and stuff. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Yesterday, and as you guys may be following the news, there's a report that over half the cases of COVID in in the country is the BA2 deviant, the Omicron BA2. And they're saying that that's just as contagious as the first one, but not as severe. And the hospital cases are still declining. So we pray it stays that way, but we don't know what's next, yeah? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to roll roll around. Um, But for sure, there's going to be a cycle of more things coming around. And we know it's going to come into the tribulation. And during the tribulation, out of that fourth seal again, is pestilence. And many people will die. And we saw that in the book of Revelation. You know, with all this, sometimes it brings us some fear and and, and, you know, um, uh, we, we, we could be gripped with that fear, you know, of sicknesses and pestilence and things going on in the world. And, oh, no, what's going to happen next and all. But remember, God holds your life, yeah? God is sovereign. He's in control. And he, he's the one who holds your life. The fact is that, you know, our days are already numbered, right? The Bible tells us, like Job 14.5. And that doesn't mean we test God, you know, with our life, but it's to reassure us that when it's time, it's time. But when it's not, it's not, no matter what is happening. You know what the important thing is this? It's to understand that everyone's days are numbered and everyone will spend a numberless days either in heaven or hell. That's why we need Jesus. And our days are numbered, you know. And God knows when that last breath will be. He knows. And he'll protect us until that day. But we need to prepare for that day by having Jesus save us. So I hope everyone here has Jesus in their heart because we don't know what's coming down, you know. What kind of pestilence or anything? I hope anyone connected online that you have Jesus, that you have the salvation of Jesus that you've given your life to and accept them in your heart as Lord and Savior. Because then you could reassure those numberless days since our days are numbered. All right. So first Jesus talked about the increase in big earthquakes, then the increase in famines around the world, then the increase in contagions around the world. And so the last of the calamities that are going to happen all over the world that will increase as the time of the end draws near is number four, the increase in atmospheric events around the world atmospheric events. Now, at the end of verse 11 here, now Jesus says, and there will be terrors and great signs from the heavens. Terrors mean there will be things that will grip you with fear. These great signs, meaning like unbelievable, like miraculous you know, signs, sometimes the Bible talks about miracles, but this will be like unbelievable things that will happen in the heavens. Uh, uh, and that can be translated sky, So I think about the atmosphere here. Now, remember as we study in Revelation, it could also mean like outer space, you know, the universe kind of thing. And and it could mean that. Jesus could be including some things that are happening like I think tonight there's the effects of a solar flare that's going to hit the earth uh, from something that happened with the sun like a, a day or so ago. Um, and some people say, oh, the radio is going to be put out. or yeah, You know, but anyway, uh, it could be some things coming into the solar system meteor, or that. But I want to focus in on the atmosphere because later in verse 25, Jesus will mention the sun, the moon, the stars and things like that. And, and that will be more in the tribulation time that will happen. But for me, I was thinking, well, maybe it could be, you could study this yourself, I kind of tend to lean that this this is a focus in our on our atmosphere, like the weather, you know, on on atmospheric events, weather events like hurricanes or tornadoes, storms, wind, you know, that bring on these terrifying situations, the flooding and and the hail and all kinds of crazy kind of things. So as the world heads toward the uh, and meteorological weather events, you know what, will get worse and worse. So isn't that an interesting thought? Because it seems like it is, some things are happening, you know. In an article from weather.com, it talked about the scientists say the extreme weather will keep getting worse. Uh, in the last decade, they write that records are made um, in this last decade, like the hottest ever recorded, the hottest temperature, the earliest snowfall ever uh we we also they are talking about the historic rise in sea level as ice caps melt, um less rainfall, more rainfall, uh you know just all kinds of crazy weather events going on uh seeming like during this time and it and it seems like when the hurricanes have come, they're more intense, you know. Uh, Tornadoes that have been touching down recently, too. Just so many things like that, that can bring, what? Fear, yeah? It can be terrifying in that. And uh, listen to this. This is like, whoa, this is crazy. In Louisiana, uh, a tornado ripped through a subdivision um, near New Orleans and lifted one house up into the air, and dropped it down in the middle of the street with the family still inside. Crazy. And the parents were able to crawl out the window, but the, the their daughter was stuck inside. I guess she had some breathing machine or something. But how scary. The firefighters were able to come and, and get her out. But how scary. That's, that's like the movie, yeah, Wizard of Oz. Literally. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Imagine being in that. How terrifying that is. Well, it's going to get worse and worse and even more worse, right? We talked about the many calamities that happen with the, the seals and the trumpet judgments and the bowls being poured out You know, during the tribulation time when God's judgment pours upon the earth. It's just going to get more worse. You know, it seems to me that there's many I know and around me that are going through a lot of difficult times it's like the enemy Satan's coming and ripping through their lives like a tornado and turning things upside down I mean my wife and I, we've been experiencing like uh, people in their marriages you know not just one but but several sev- several of them you know it, it it's 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 a crazy time but you know what I when I was reading this, thinking about the increase in these calamities. But I think there's an increase in spiritual battles and attacks like never before as we head toward the tribulation. We're living in that time right now. Maybe if if I'm not going to, you don't have to raise your hand, but if I were to say, oh, have you been experiencing things like that? You probably would raise your hand. Well, understand that you're not alone. Yeah we we are we are all experiencing things. I believe the devil is really pressing hard down on everybody, every Christian, because we're getting toward the end. I mean, just look at the world itself. Yeah. They're getting pulled into more of the darkness, aren't they? More of moving away from God, the principles of God, moving away from Jesus, right? Know this though, no matter what the devil may do, remember, he who is greater, he he who is in you is greater, way greater than he who is in the world, the devil who's causing all this. So just hold on to that fact. But it's all, you guys, it's just signs before the end. It's all part of that. And we're getting caught in this tornado, so to speak, that's going on. All right, so. This is the calamity all over the world that Jesus talks about in verse 11. Well, we go on here now to the rest of our section tonight. That's verse 12 through 19. Num- number five, the crushing persecution. The crushing persecution. So Jesus is going to get into this now. These are some of the things that are going to happen before he comes. He's trying to let the disciples know. Remember, Remember how they're sitting there like ready for Jesus to take over the Romans yeah he, he triumphantly you know paraded into Jerusalem officially came into Jerusalem this is it the Messiah is going to take over he's going to set up the kingdom this is it but Jesus is like no wait wait there's some other things that are going to happen and you know what? it's going to increase all the way to uh, the end of the world so the, 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 now Jesus tells his disciples here and look at verse 12 But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. So stop right here. Now Jesus is telling the disciples that are listening here, and we're listening in on this, that before all this, what does he mean? Well, before the Messiah comes, sets up his rule and kingdom, and New Jerusalem, all that—the millennium—before all of this, they who are the people of the world, they and unbelievers basically—they will come and lay hands yeah. on you. No, they're going to grab you, yeah. Forcefully, they're going to take you. That's what he's talking about. Uh, and and you're going to be persecuted. You're going to suffer for your faith in Christ Jesus. And, and he's saying here in verse 12 that uh, they're going to deliver you up to the synagogues. In other words, they're going to bring you to the religious leaders, yeah, the leaders of the synagogues. They're going to turn you in in that you're going against Judaism. You're going against the, the Jewish way. That your own Jewish brothers, the same race, they're going to come against you. Why? Because you believe in me. That's going to happen. And we saw that fulfilled in the book of Acts, right? That happened, yeah, during the whole early church. When the church got started, that the, the religious leaders, how they didn't like Jesus, so they didn't like these guys either as they're promoting Jesus and they're they're showing their faith in Jesus. And then he also adds in verse 12 that prisons are going to deliver you up to, in, in prisons, you'll be handed in, uh, to custody for your faith and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake like they're going to they're going to bring you to the government not just the religious leaders but it's going to get really serious cuz the political leaders the the guys in charge of the government they're going to come they're going to arrest you you're going to be thrown in jail and we saw that in the book of Acts and so Jesus like you know what, this is going to continue on, yeah, this is going to to increase, this is going to go on into the future, so the first thing he tells the disciples is this, be aware you will face some sort of persecution, number one here, we're going to see five things, but number one is be aware you will face some sort of persecution, it's going to happen you guys, That's going to happen first before I come. There's going to be persecution. What Jesus, as I mentioned, um, what Jesus told the disciples not only happened to them, but we know Christian history, right? It's gone on throughout the ages and it continued on into history and it continues on today, you guys. Today. You know what? When we talk about there's an increase on this, there was a report I was reading, and this was from 2020. a report on some of these um, persecution sites, of, you know, Christian organizations that keep up with the news of persecution around the world. You know what they said? A report from 2020 said there's a 60% rise in worldwide persecution. In other words, there's an increase, there's a rise of more, more of that going on. Unbelievable. Yeah, Praise the Lord again. We live in a country where we can come like here on a Wednesday night, uh, be able to open our Bibles publicly, yeah, and talk about Jesus. There's countries you cannot do that and you will be imprisoned or even killed for doing that. Today. Today. Not just way back in Book of Acts days, but today. And it's only getting worse right now. And we know it will, it will arrive to a peak when the Antichrist, remember, causes everyone in the world to worship him, uh, give allegiance to him, power to the devil, and if he don't, basically he's going to go after you and kill you. Yeah. So that's going to be the peak of it in the tribulation. So it's going to just get more worse and increase increase. Praise the Lord. We can do this right now, for now. So, be aware you will face some sort of persecution. And number two, be mindful it is an opportunity to share Jesus. And I think this is interesting. Jesus goes on, look at verse 13. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. I I think that's a great verse, yeah? It's like something to highlight and remember because when things happen to you because of your faith, you know what? It's actually an opportunity. Jesus is saying, what you endure, it's not for nothing. You know what? God's going to use it. God's going to use you as a light. This time of persecution will be your opportunity. I think we would look at it as oppression, but you know what? It's actually an opportunity to bear witness, to be that light, to shine the love of Jesus Christ. And so, here's what Jesus is saying. You know, even under the crushing persecution, God wants you to show the light and life of Jesus. You know what I think about? Remember when in Paul and Silas in Acts 16, they were taken, beaten, thrown in jail. Remember that? Because they were sharing Jesus and the whole city didn't like it and their whole riot came and they ended up in jail. Authorities put them in jail. And they're beaten. And at midnight, we find in Acts 16, what were they doing? Were they complaining? Yeah? Oh, I can't believe this happened. These people, you know, why, why did they do this? Oh, you know. Were they complaining to God? Were they bitter, angry? God, why did you allow this to happen? Oh, I can't believe it. Or were, were they all in crying in their anguish and pain? I'm in jail. What's going on? Do you remember what they were doing? At midnight? They were singing hymns. They were worshiping God. They, they, they prayed and worshipped the Lord, the scripture tells us. And then what happened? There's a big earthquake. This was a good one. <laughs> and the prison doors opened up. But rather than escaping, they witnessed to the jailer that night. And their whole the jailer and his whole family got saved. This is what Jesus is talking about. It will be an opportunity to bear witness, to show what the persecution will be an opportunity to to show who Jesus is in your life and and what he's done in your life. Maybe you're facing some sort of persecution, maybe for your faith, from family, Uh, maybe a spouse, maybe um, at work, you know, you know, you're just being you and filled with joy. You know, and 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 someone says, "Why are you so joyful?" Yeah, and being all down on you and putting you down. Maybe, maybe you're getting that kind of persecution. But don't look at it as some oppression, but look at it as opportunity to shine Jesus Christ. And I think anything we go through is an opportunity to shine Jesus Christ. All right, so be aware you will face some sort of persecution. Be mindful it is an opportunity to share Jesus. And number three, be assured God will give you the words to say. I like this. Be assured God will give you the words to say. Look at verse 14 and 15. Settle it therefore in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. Verse 15, For I will give you a mouth and a wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. I love these two verses too because Jesus assures the disciples and us who are listening in here that when persecution comes, when that happens, don't get real stressed out and nervous. I don't know how I can be a light. I don't know how to share. I don't know what I'm going to do. The NLT puts it, don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you. I like that. God will give us the right words to say so that uh, 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 the ones, the persecutors, they will not be able to withstand. In other words, they, they, they can't reply. They can't go against you or contradict, refute, or do a comeback to you. You'll, you'll stump them with what God gives you. God will empower you to withstand and say the right words to be that witness, even under that crushing persecution. You know, Jesus said in a parallel passage in Mark thirteen eleven, and when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but... Say whatever's given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. That's how it works. The Spirit inside you will give you the answer, the wisdom, the words to say. So hold on to that, you guys. God will give you the words to say. He's, he's the one who empowers you. You know, a lot of times I think, oh, I don't have that talent, you know. I don't know. I'm not quick, you know, on my mind. But you don't have to be. Jesus is saying, don't don't sit there trying to figure it out, you know? Just just have peace. Relax and trust me. When the moment comes, I'll put it in your mouth. I'll tell you what to say. Uh, and I'll tell you I know God helps us cuz God helps me. I witness that very thing the Holy Spirit whenever I'm doing counseling. Whatever it is, it's like oh these thoughts come, yeah. And so experiencing that, I read this and I think, Okay, Lord, I, I know how that works and, and whenever I counsel or I get calls, I, I hear your spirit, you know. Sometimes I'm just listening and wondering, Oh well, I don't know Lord, but then God gives me, you know, the words to say. And so what Jesus is saying here is is really like oh, comfort. It's assurance that we can have confidence when that time comes. And you know, I really believe that you know, if it ever comes a time where a gun is put to your head, yeah, and and they say, you know, renounce Jesus or else. Have I mean, you ever thought about that? What 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 am I gonna do there? That would be the hardest thing. Fear of your life, you know, being killed like that. I mean that that's just who oh, crazy, yeah. I believe God will give you that faith yeah to not give in to their demands I really do so in the same way he gives us the words to say he'll give you that faith he'll give you the courage and he'll and, and the confidence to do and say what you need to do so be aware you will face some sort of persecution be mindful it is an opportunity to share Jesus be assured God will give you the words to say number four be ready. For even your closest relationships might betray you. It's like, don't be surprised here, but be ready. Look at verse 16 and verse 17. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. So Jesus shares this sad reality to me that those who betray you and turn you into the authorities because of your faith will actually be someone close to you, like your parents, like your 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 brothers, your your siblings, yeah, your sister, your relatives, your your friends, yeah, your own people group that you felt like you belonged to, and and that may even lead to your death, that you be martyred, yeah. You know what, that's how vicious and hostile persecution will become. Can you, can you imagine, I mean, how heartbreaking that is for me to even hear that and read that. But how heartbreaking that is that this has gone on throughout the ages, yeah? And even, I think, even more intensely during the tribulation, yeah? Oh, it's just so hard to to imagine and think about that. But why is that? Why would someone that you care about and you thought you had a close relationship with? Yeah, why would they do that? Well, oh, Jesus says here, right, that you will be hated. Verse 17, by all for my name's sake. Because of the name of Jesus, you're going to be hated. Because you believe in Jesus, you're going to be hated. Today, isn't that the way it is? I mean, the world cringes and despises the mention of the name of Jesus, and and soon it's going to really turn into this vicious hate. It, it really is, if not already. So you know what the Lord is saying? It's not so much you, yeah. It's not so much you, but it's because of Jesus, because you're holding on to Jesus that you are suffering under that crushing persecution. I like something C.H. Spurgeon said, take care if the world does hate you, that it hates you without cause. Think about that one. In other words, be careful that the world does not hate you because you have done something so wrong that you give it a reason to hate. Yeah? yeah. Let the only reason be be is because you believe and you live for nothing else but Jesus Christ. That that's the thought. I like what Spurgeon is saying in that. But because we love Jesus, because we live for Jesus, persecutions going to come. And you know what our number one enemy is? The devil, right? It's Satan. Yeah. So if you're for Christ, if you're trying to live right before him. Maybe you're trying to change your life. Maybe you're doing, trying to do something for him. He's going to come after you. He's, he's going to target you. He, he's he's going to go after you. Yeah? So remember that he doesn't want you living for Jesus or being for Jesus. Not at all. Because he, he hates Jesus too. All right, so be aware you will face some sort of persecution. Be mindful it is an opportunity to share Jesus. Be assured God will give you the words to say. Be ready for even your closest relationships might betray you. And our last one, number five, be confident that God will get you through it all. And I like this. Be confident that God will get you through it all. So lastly tonight here, take a look at the uh, last part here. Verse 18 but not a hair of your head will perish, verse nineteen, but your endurance, but by your endurance, you will gain your life. So Jesus promises them, not a hair of your head will perish. now it doesn't mean you won't get hurt, uh, but it will mean that you will not perish eternally. It's kind of a a way to say that. Uh, none of this. Persecution will affect your salvation. It won't, no matter what they do to you. By endure, your endurance, you will gain your lives. It means that you, you will endure. That's what it really means. You will endure. You will make it through and you will gain your lives. In other words, you'll make it all the way to heaven. So no matter how crushing the persecution is, you will persevere. You will finish in glorification. And, and listen, this is those two verses is like saying to you, look, it's going to be okay in the end. So knowing that, it should give you determination now to keep on keeping going with faith and courage. Because this is the promise for Jesus. This is what He's saying. Look, look, you're going to make it by your endurance. You, you'll make it in. So endure. I'm going to be there. No worries. So just knowing that, it's like, okay, I know the end. So I just got to keep going. <laughs> I got to keep moving forward. That should motivate us to keep living for Jesus, to, to not give in to those battles and, oh, I give up. You know, no, you're going to make it. You will. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, you barely, you know, you got to lift your leg with your two hands to take the next step. Yeah, sometimes I feel like that. Yeah. Sometimes to just move forward, you know, it's like all my effort, but you know what? Jesus is saying, hey, you're going to make it. So just knowing that in the end you make it should motivate us, should should give us determination to keep on going, to get to that goal. So think about that, to reach that goal. One time uh, I was, I went to do some stand-up paddle over at, um, Thousand Peaks, Ukamehame, and um, over on the uh, west side. And my, well, as soon as I pulled up, my truck started to run really rough, like weird kind. Like, oh no, you know. And I turned it off and turned it on again. Going, oh no. And then I was like praying. I was like, okay, Lord, hmm. Should I just go in the water? Maybe I'll fix this up. <laughs> but then I thought, no. I better head home before, you know, it, it totally falls apart. So I started up and figured out, oh, it's, it's drivable. Okay, it's drivable. And I, so I just went for it. And my goal, I got I to get home. I got I to make it home, you know. And if I make it home, then I could figure this out or call someone or something. So... Uh, I I just thought okay here we go yeah and it was it was like running really rough later on I found out it was it had to do with a carburetor and I ended up putting a new new um or not the butterfly valve on the carburetor um, ended up replacing that but I tell you the whole time going home it was running rough not a lot of power but I was going I was going you know the whole time all I could think about was getting home was getting home and I was praying that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Lord, get me home. Oh, get, me, get me past the Pali now. You know, Okay, get me to town now. Okay, get me through town now. Okay, get me to the bottom of the hill. Okay, and then going up the hill, is was like, you know, oh, no, get me home, Lord, just a, just the highly mighty, that'll be good. Okay, no, no, the turn off, you know, the Pukalani. Oh, just, just, okay, I'm here. The whole time I'm, I'm praying and, and it was like praying all the way for every mile, but all I could look at was reaching home reaching home but I'll tell you it it made me intensely pray you know and part of my intense prayer was this there's been so many times and even 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 recently um, um, it happened so many times God got the car home and then it broke so many times you guys I mean and I just see it a fingerprint of God. Like, oh, God God was with us. God was with me. They didn't break down the road and, you know, throw truck and the whole thing. Yep. So many times. So my confidence and my hope was that's what was going to happen. So all I could do is focus in home, getting home, getting home, praying through every step, every leg of the journey, intensely praying, just focusing on what he's done before and what I, what he could do again. And it's like, don't fail me now, Lord. Don't don't fail me now. But you know what? I made it home. <laughs> Even limping up the hill, I made it home. Yeah. That's the way it is. For any of our trials, any of our persecutions, yeah. God will get you through. He will. God's promising here. You'll make it. You'll make it through. Just focus in on that and let that motivate you. Let that Uh, 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 be there hope, yeah? Let that drive you in determination to just keep going and keep going because I know there's going to be end. I know that I will make it. It's not like hopeless here. God, I know you'll be there for me. You'll be with me. You'll be in me. You'll be supporting me all the way up and you'll bring me home to that day in heaven. You will make it. God promises it by His grace, by the choice we make in our heart, by the determination. Let me tell you, you will make it to the finish line. Well, I'll close with this. I've been inspired many times by this true story um, John Aquari of Tanz- Tanzania. He ran the marathon in the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, but he fell. Early on in the race, and he injured himself and suffered a painful leg injury. And it it, it was like, it was really bad. Yet, you know what, he refused to quit. He said, no way. And he kept going, determined now to not let that stop him from running the race. And he came in. He came into the stadium. An hour after all the other runners had finished, a quarry limped into this empty stadium and he crossed the line. Exhausted in pain and all, he, he went all the way. A reporter asked him why he persevered. And you know what he said? Why did you keep going, that reporter asked. What, what, what was it? You know what he said? My country did not send me twelve thousand miles to start the race. They sent me to finish the race. That's us. Yeah. We're here to finish the race and we will. And God will get us to that line. That's you and me. Keep going, keep doing what God has for you. Keep at it. Whatever battles you're going through, yeah? Persecutions or satanic attacks and it's it's rough. It's hard. I go through it every week. All kinds of different kind of things. But realize tonight, it's all really signs before the end. That's why. yeah, The end is coming. They're just signs before the end. Let's pray. Lord, as we study this passage, God, we come to realize that a lot of what you predicted and told the disciples have come true already, like for them. And as we look back on history, and even what we're going through right now as a world, and God, we know the prophecies of the future, it will be even more, and it will increase more and more. And in all this, God, as we understand it, Lord, we accept that these things will happen, and at the same time, Satan will be, doing his work on us in similar ways, in spiritual ways, in ways of trying to bring us down as the world goes through calamities. And we will face those persecutions, whether it's from others, our work, uh, the the way the world thinks, how the world treats us, or even persecution of Satan himself. But God, we want to keep going and understand, well, this is just signs of the end. This is just part of what's going on. But thank you we have that hope in you that we will make it to the finish line. And Lord, remind us that it's not us, but it's you. It's not how great we are, how talented, uh, what kind of strains we have, how we perform but it's about you Jesus and what you've done and even in our sins and failures your grace is here and your love is here and God that's what I hold on to for I know that I don't deserve this but you're still here despite of what I've done So, Jesus, help us all to realize that in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our pains, in the midst of, Lord, challenges we face and what people do to us and say to us. God, help us to realize that that's the world, that's the devil, that's what what this life can bring this fallen world, but in you we have hope, another chance, grace, and a whole lot of your love. So uh, pour your love upon us right now. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand.